Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the Jason and John Show, live from the Leaders Credit Union Studios. Let Leaders Credit Union champion your financial story at leaderscu.com slash ESPN. 92.9 FM, ESPN. Randolph Children is a college basketball analyst for Field of 68, ESPN, Wake Forest basketball legend, and a friend of mine. He joins us now. RC, welcome to Memphis Radio. What's up, man? Appreciate you having me, man. How you guys doing? Good, man. A lot, of people did, a lot of people, when I was like talking about us kicking it on Bill during the Virginia <laughs> game, they thought I was making it up, man. They thought I was just no, imagining no. that whole thing. No, Bill Street was good to us. It was good to us. We we ran it that night. I think we were the only uh, we we're the only two people on the whole damn block. Um, you know, if you'd have told people after that win that you saw up close and personal that Memphis in basically a month's time was going to be out of the NCAA tournament, like I feel like that would have been hard to believe. Um, is this the same team? that you saw demolish Virginia? No, it wasn't. And I was impressed with them at that time. Uh, I, I thought they were – I thought the needle was pointing up for these guys, and they were one of the best-kept secrets in college basketball at that time. And, I, I, you know, I, there's been so many different things. I mean, from Tomlin coming into the team, remember, he wasn't quite there yet, and that adjustment seems to be – you know, has that affected it? Caleb Mills' injury – uh, for whatever it is, this team's imploded. And they've lost four in a row, and losing the, you know, to Rice is just something I would have never thought was possible. This team isn't defending at the level that it was. I thought they were one of the more active defensive teams in the league, I mean, in the country, and didn't think you'd want to play them. And then now uh, I knew they struggled some against the zone, but now I think they're just, they're just imploded. I, I can't put a finger on it uh, from the outside. I knew that teams would zone them some. So I expected them to struggle with the zone. But uh, this team just isn't defending at the level that it once was, and it made, which made it one of the scarier teams to face with their length and athleticism. And they, it's, just, it's just not the same team. And I, I, they have gone completely the other direction. And they're going to have to figure do a lot of deep soul searching to figure this out and do it immediately before Wichita State comes into town. So, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that that's what it's going to take. Um you know, somebody rallying this group. And, and I think Penny has just kind of played every psychological card he knows how to play. And ultimately, you know, yes, he picked the players, but they did agree to come here 
and they are adults and they all are getting NIL. So, I mean, isn't it sort of also on those guys in this age, Randolph? Um, again, not absolving Penny because he is ultimately the coach and he picked the players, but isn't it going to come down to somebody in that locker room stepping up and saying this is unacceptable at Memphis? Well, the reality is everybody's in it, right? It's on. It, it obviously the buck stops at Penny's feet, but it's definitely on players as well. I mean, you guys have to decide, and 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 the team has to decide it. I mean, where's the leadership and where's the sacrifice among among each other? I, I always say to kids, be mindful of what you put on tape, because no matter what's going on around you, people are going to base their opinions about what you put on tape. And and if you're talking to those kids, I think it's best to say, hey, no matter what distractions are going on in your life, I don't care about NIL. I don't care about anything that's going on. When you walk on that court, you have to be careful of what you put on tape because that's what's out there for everyone to see. And they're just it's just, they're just not together at the moment. And there's just so many different things that have happened. Um, obviously, it's on Penny to figure that out. And there's adjustments that need to be made, whether it's benching guys, whether it's not playing guys. Uh, you know, ultimately, you know, you're hitting a reset button and demanding what you want from, from your team. It's, it starts with Penny. And, but for players, that's the one thing I'd say. You know, no one cares about NIL after the year. No one cares beyond that when guys of this caliber, you know, you know they expect they want to be professionals. They want to make money doing this. And you need to be very careful of what you put on tape because you're going to be judged by it. Do you think, RC, like – even, you know, and whether or not Memphis figure this, figures this out or not, I mean, they do have opportunities. So, you know, they got two games against FAU. They got the tournament. They got at North Texas, at SMU. So still some chances to, you know, write this, if you know, in some way, shape, or form. But do you think that this is, in some ways, maybe a cautionary tale? Because we are still relatively new, in, um, you know, into the NIL and the transfer portal era where anybody can go anywhere at any time. Do you think Memphis maybe is a cautionary tale where, yeah, you can go – I mean, because I, honestly, I don't know how you can go in there and get nine better players than what Penny did. I mean, Quinterly and Tomlin and uh, Taylor Mills and, you know, all these guys that Penny got were all accomplished players that most play, you know teams would want to have. Yet, what are we seeing? You know, in February, David Jones, in February, there's cohesive problems. There's chemistry problems. Is it a cautionary tale to coaches around the country that too much of a good thing from the portal ends up being a bad thing because of all the downside risk with locker room issues and things like that? No, well, I'll say this. I don't think it's a cautionary tale. It's the times we're living in. It's inevitable. You don't have to like it, but you better adjust to it, and you better figure it out because everyone has to. There's coaches out here that, that despise the transfer portal the way things are. They despise the NIL. And you're going to struggle if you don't. So whether you like it or you don't, it doesn't matter. You have to figure out that you have to win. But I guess I would follow up and ask, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I, I, you, look at the, you look at the top 10, for example, and it's like, yes, Caleb Love at Arizona, Lance Jones at Purdue, um, Camp Spencer at UConn. It's like, it is the best situation and the best scenario, like being able to sort of to rely on exclusively. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you, yeah, you have to decide that. That's just a personal preference. You don't have to have a roster full of full of transfers. You can decide to develop them, and you're still going to come up with certain issues. It's still going to be year to year, right? Because if you decide that you want to get freshmen and you want to develop players, good luck keeping a kid happy for four years. 
You're right. Because the second the same thing happens that way, we joked about it with Penny, and he said, hey, I got to figure out a way to keep my son here. And, and, and we joked about it, but that's probably an extreme, but that's what coaches are dealing with. So there, you have to figure it out whether you're a mid-major program that's going to develop guys. Some, some schools are like farm systems. You're going to have to develop a guy and know we're probably going to have a difficult time keeping this player here. And, and that's going to suck for you. And then it's the other way around. If you're going to benefit from those guys, you just got to do your homework. So you have to figure it out. It's just the way it is. You don't have to like it. There's a lot of coaches that don't. But you better figure out the best way to make your program successful. And there's no – you can't – you know, excuses. You can complain all you want about it. No one really cares. At the end of the day, you got to win games. And, and that's for Penny and that's for any mid-major school or any high-major school. Uh, finding finding the balance that you can be successful at. That's what you have to do right now. And that's just – and whether Penny decides he wants to do it through the portal, that's great. You just got to figure it out. This team was rolling. Yeah. No one questioned that earlier before conference played with this group. But we started seeing things like that. We started seeing lack of communication amongst, amongst the team that was hurting them, even when they were winning games. Pointedly was just good enough in back-to-back games to bail them out. And you were overlooking this. And then as this started happening and teams they got in the conference and teams started making adjustments and zoning and playing off of guys and scheming them, there just seems to be a level of frustration um, that this team hasn't answered the bell. And that's on everyone. I know ultimately it falls at Penny's feet, but player-wise, you have to show versatility. And I always say when you're struggling, simplify things. For this team, it needs to be on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, you had a Rice team come in there that shot nearly 50% from the field and over 40 from three. I think they shot 49%, almost 50% from the floor and from the field, and then 40 from three. That can't happen. And, and you know, for, if you're for a group that prides themselves on the defensive end of the floor, uh, they've lost that edge. And, and since that's happened, um, you know, you, you, that, that's where the sacrifice needs to happen for this team, just flat out just scoring the ball was never this team's strong suit. And they've gotten into shootouts, and they've lost. Yep. I, I, I'm, a, I'm in full agreement with you that the priority's got to be defensively right now. Because, I mean, they're giving up 40 and 50 burgers in halves. It's just it's ridiculous. It doesn't, and it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't look like Penny Hardaway's previous five years. There's an, been an identity no. here defensively. I'm curious, yeah. Randolph, having played the point guard position at such a high level, to, to get a little bit into Quinterly, sort of just what you, just your view of him what you see, because it's odd with him. He, he, he can win games for you, right? We, we saw that with the shots that you mentioned, Tulsa, SMU. And then, you know, we've seen two six turnover games against Tulane. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I will go back to it, not, not to say that it's happening, but Nate Oates says in the offseason, and it can be more about pumping up the guys you have now, but he also sent the shout out that, man, it's nice to have a point guard, you know, that's, that's more of a self-starter, that you don't have to motivate. Seemed to be a shot at Quinterly. I'm just curious at, at what you see with him and how much you feel like on that offensive side, not the priority, but he's got to have a hand on it. Well, he does, and let's, let's be honest. Let's be clear. That was a shot at him. No doubt. And I thought he no answered doubt. the bell earlier in the year. Yep. I thought he did that. Um, the one thing that I think that he has is he has a tremendous amount of responsibility because you got your, you got your alpha male, you got your go-to guy in Damon Jones. You got him. Mm-hmm. But I think the other guys within this system needs Quinterly to get going at times. So whether he, he has to balance, and that's just part of being a point guard and his level of experience. There's, there's no reason for him to ever have a six-turnover game. But he has to balance being a secondary scorer consistently and then being involved in everyone else. 
and that's what you expect. You, There's nothing wrong with expecting that from a guy with his level of experience. Yep. Being able to say, hey, man, I expect you to create for these guys and also pick your moments. The skill set's there. The ability's there. We, we know the shot making's there, but, you, I, you know, I, I'm critical of any point guard. I'm like, hey, I would be okay with him maybe having two, but two turnovers a game is the max for him. It's like, hey, take care of the basketball. Let, mm-hmm. let us just get a shot. I would have rather he take a shot than force turnovers. And sometimes it's, it's a schematic thing. Like, if I'm playing against him, I'm scheming against him to say, hey, the other guys need you to score. They need your help to score. Yep. And – there's enough freedom within the offense to figure that out, whether it's on the defensive end of the floor transitioning-wise. I mean, there's moments where he can pick his spots. But I thought early on he was spot on with that. He was doing great. Uh, and, and like you said, you had, when you turn it over to basketball it, it, at a high level that way, no one's going to win when the point guard's turning it over six times a game. Uh, sometimes you lose balance and trying to score too much. You hit those game winners, and then you expect every game to be that way, and then you're super aggressive on the offensive end. I think he's at his best with running this team, moving the ball, taking care of the ball, and picking his moments when to score. Because as he starts trying to shoot and score more, I think he becomes a volume guy and not a high percentage guy. Yeah, we're talking to Randolph Childress, Wake Forest basketball legend, field of 68 college basketball analyst. Catch him on ESPN as well. What are you 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 on a game this weekend? What are you on? Oh, man, I'm headed to the airport, brother. I I have Louisville tomorrow, so... When you think you got problems, then, you, you know, you look around the country, everyone's having problems, man. But, but more on Memphis, I say this. They, better, they got time to figure it out right now, but they need to figure it out right now. Like, this is the bottom where it needs to go. And they need to get back to sacrificing playing the way it was before, and then they can, be, they can continue to be a dangerous team. Um, what we've seen since Caleb Mills' injury – and I think leadership-wise, because let's remember, this was a guy that was starting and said, no, coach, let me come off the bench. Yep. Let me help the yeah. second unit. That's the type of sacrifice you need when you, when you bring a bunch of guys together. Guys will listen to a guy that they know is good enough to be starting, and when he does it and says, hey, I'll come off the bench, start the other guys. Like, I don't care. I know I'll be there when it matters at the end. Uh, leadership is, is something that's missing, obviously, from this group, and yep. that doesn't fall on any one player. But there's enough experience on this group. They're too experienced for this to, to happen and to fall to this level. Uh, they need to figure that out. And, and that's on Penny, but it's, it's on the players as well. It, 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 I know I read that he couldn't quite figure out where the distractions are coming from. Uh, but as players now, you hit rock bottom as well. So whoever you're listening to now isn't helping you. Like You need to come together. There needs to be more of a leadership and connection in that locker room. Because all the distractions that came with the success that they were having has caused this team to implode. And they need to figure it out and figure it out right now and start getting back to playing their best basketball as they were at the start of the season. Yeah, because right now it's definitely uh, one of the more high-profile collapses uh, just in terms of how quickly it's happened in college basketball. Hey, what did you spend, five years at Wake? Because there was like – on your on your college basketball reference, there was a year yeah. where you didn't play. Is that true? So, yes, I tore my ACL. After my freshman wow. year, I tore my ACL. And I set out my the 91 – I came in as a freshman in 90, and I set out the 91-92 season with an ACL. And then I started back my redshirt sophomore year. So, so as you know, back – five then, years ACL, there. Out. I did. I did. I played three and uh, – played three after that. So, yeah, I played – 
I think the rules should be that anyway. I eventually hope we get back to that. Uh, giving you five, you know, four years, five years to play for. And, uh, you know, after we get through this COVID year and all the other stuff that's going on, I'm yep. hoping we get back to things like that. I, I think it's college basketball doesn't need 25, 26, and 27-year-old playing college sports anymore. I think, you know, that's a whole other tangent, but I, I would go on. and uh, But I wish we get back to something like that. I'm okay with 21, 22, occasionally a 23 with significant injuries you have in that nature, but special occasions. But what we're dealing with right now, having the age group, it's like, hey, let's Let's get back to the growing pains of seeing some of the young kids be in school, and, and let's see how that goes. I see. Real quick, we're never what, what, we're never gonna see that again, probably. Mm. Like mm. the dude what, that what? goes to, to school, gets hurt, stays through the injury, and then goes on to be a freaking legend at that school because you know whatever the case may be. But like, it's just kind of it's kind of nuts that I mean, did you ever think about leaving, or was it just like I'm here, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere? No. I thought of not transferring. I thought of – I had a decision to make as my redshirt junior year whether I was going to go pro or not. Uh, but I thought I was so close to graduating, which the biggest difference between back then and, and now is education is irrelevant. And it, it, it's, I hope in all of the transferring that's going on that wow. kids are graduating because at some point it, it, it matters. That's my only flaw in all of this. Too many kids are chasing their dream, and I'm all for you chasing your dream. You know, I I, I played – I always say this. I'm fortunate enough from being a first-round draft pick to playing in the NBA to playing in Europe. I played 16 professional years. I played as long as my body would allow me to play. I played until I was 38 years old. I played – when I walked off the court, I was literally injured. I tore my hamstring in two places. They carried me off the floor, and it was like my body had enough. Wow. And I'm okay with that. But once you do that, at some point, you gotta, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get a job. You're gonna have to figure this thing out. You're gonna have to, you're gonna want to do something else, whether you have to or not. I don't have to do anything, but I want to do anything. I'm, I'm 51 years old, and I feel great. I feel as energetic as I ever had. But you gotta do something. And some of these kids that are you're selling out to, 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 to play basketball, and it's great if you make it. There's a misconception about European lifestyle. Oh, you're going to go over there, you're going to make all this money, you're going to be tax-free money. Like, like, find guys that have been over there that have lived it that can tell you the reality of it. Um, you're not going to the, – the washout of the NBA, it isn't about just making it. It's about staying there. And so that's another deal that I'm, I'm for them getting money. I'm for NIL, but with all the transferring – Institutions aren't giving you degrees in one year. Most most schools are saying, "Hey, you at least got to be here two years." I don't know many where you can transfer in and they're, they're going to graduate and give you a degree from there in, in a year or two. So, schools that allow you to do that will be ahead of this. And you're right, staying there are kids that stay. I, I think FAU has done that. When you watch some schools looking in the league, guys guys stayed there. You mean to tell me Vlad couldn't go anywhere? You couldn't tell me those guards couldn't go anywhere? High major schools didn't want that backcourt of FAU after their magical run? Yeah, So, So I've seen schools like Furman. I've seen Furman do it. I've seen Bob Ritchie with guys in their league and and, and making a run in the tournament. You don't think guys could have gone? Guys could have left them programs, so it's doable. Um, It's doable. And when you run a program that's big on – and people throw culture around, right? They all have a culture. But that's part of your culture. And some teams embrace it, and that's on you to know. And you got to have a pulse on your program to say, hey, man, is it, 
Are we, are we going to operate transfer portal? Are we going to blend it? Are we going to get some high school kids? And and you, you get burned either way. You get burned if you're expecting the kid to return. Very few just crush it. You're gonna, you miss out on something. You're going to have a guy you wish had stayed or try to convince guys. Most of the time with high major programs, you know, I'll use Virginia as an example. They missed out on Shedrick and their front court guys expecting those guys to be there. And I think they struggled earlier, and then now they got a guy like Minor that came in and didn't play earlier, and they're playing him now. So um, that's just part of it, man. That's the hardest thing about this is managing a locker room with the agents in it and everything else that's going on. And, and you guys are right. I don't know. We see it, and that's part of coaching is having a culture that, that allows you to be that way. And when you get to a situation like we're talking about Memphis, you got to make a decision. I don't care about how much NIL money you get to making. If you got to sit them down, you got to sit them down. If you got to bench them, you got to bench them. Like, no one person is bigger than the cause. And that's where it becomes into play. And, I, and that's, that's tough for coaches. If you got a guy making money, and sometimes you got to bench that guy, you got to sit that guy down. You got to make him buy into what's going on. And that's, that's everyone is it's all hands on deck, and everyone's involved in this process, guys. And you guys know it. And, and some manage it better than others, and everyone is evolving and trying to figure it out because. That's what's happening right now. It's just evolving at a pace that not everyone understands. Well said, as always, my friend. Appreciate your time and your insight, man. We'll talk to you soon, RC. Thanks, man. All right, guys. You guys have a good day, man. Appreciate having me on. Yes, sir. He is Randolph Childers, Field of 68, college basketball analyst uh, for ESPN. Appreciate him coming on and breaking it all down. I think he's got a really good feel and a really good pulse for the situation uh, at Memphis, you know, and, and I think it's – a, I mean, he's just he knows the game, but B, I think it's just obvious to even anybody that watches him. Oh, he's time, fantastic! Yeah, yeah, what's going on? So, uh, anyway, uh, we'll come back, wrap this up uh, here on a Friday. Stick around, Jason and John, Eddie Turn FM, ESPN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.